Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's show, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk to Lacey Evans. And I'm telling you right now, this is an interview you're definitely going to want to listen to because you see a completely different Lacey Evans than you see on WWE TV. We also talked to Pat McAfee, who is going to be doing Thursday night football on ESPN. This is a guy who bet on himself and won. Being a part of NXT, being a part of the world of the WWE and the NFL. We also get into Andrew Luck with Pat McAfee. You definitely want to listen to that. And then we get into some rumors and innuendos, and that's Enzo and Kaz and CM Punk. CM Punk, a big part of the StarCast events this weekend. Could it sway him to be a part of pro wrestling again? And Enzo and Kaz, rumor has it the WWE has reached out. Will they say yes? We talk about all of that on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. You talk about Conrad Thompson and him getting CM Punk back into the quote-unquote wrestling world this weekend that he's going to do this show at StarCast. But he also did that for Eric Bischoff. He also did that for Tony Schiavone. Like, think about Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone was gone from pro wrestling for over a decade. Did the show, was going to do it just for a year to get some money for his daughter's wedding. And now he's a part of AEW. Eric Bischoff off the grid for quite some time. And now he's back in the world of the WWE. And Bruce Pritchard, same thing. You could say that Conrad was kind of like the gateway to get these guys back in the fold and back in the world of pro wrestling. Kind of did that with CM Punk. So my question is this. When CM Punk is doing his one-man show on Saturday afternoon and he feels and hears the love of the pro wrestling fans, could that be enough to possibly sway him to make a comeback? I've been saying for a long time now, since ever since we have started discussions about Punk, that I still think it truly is in him to come back to the wrestling business. <clears throat> I just think it's going to take the right circumstances. And look at what's going on with Conrad. As he said, the planet's lined up, right set of circumstances. Punk loved the wrestling business. Punk had a passion, a desire, and a burning fire for the wrestling business. Unfortunately, the WWE killed it. Now, they didn't kill it because they were like, hey, let's destroy that guy. It's just a byproduct of what happens when you work there sometimes. So CM Punk has had a lousy taste in his mouth. 
about the WWE for a long time, but I think it's affected his his taste of pro wrestling, period. And I think this is one of those situations where, you know, time heal all heals all wounds. Mm-hmm. I think we're finally seeing time heal the wound enough for punk to get back into things like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 or on demand with the sirius xm app and bully i can't believe here we are on august 29th and the two big topics so far today enzo and kaz and cm punk i'm not shocked by the punk one at all the, the because we know that the punk thing is definitely happening and I'm glad to see it happen. I was talking about punk a little earlier on. I'm going to get back to Enzo and Kaz. I um before Pat came on, we were talking about the romanticism of CM Punk and I really think that's what it want that's what it was. I think he had lost his passion and his desire for so for pro wrestling so much that it took somebody like a Conrad to be persistent, not just send him a text mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, buddy, if you want to swing by." We're talking about a guy, you know, who was you know a WWE World Champion, a guy that worked with Undertaker, a guy that deserves more than just a a text saying, "Hey, buddy, do you want to swing by?" And I think Conrad learned from what CM Punk said, and Conrad pursued him the right way. Conrad pursued him the professional way. Conrad, you know, back in the day, the word was courting, Dave. You know, our parents would court instead of going out on dates. And I think that's what, that, I think that's what you know, Conrad did. He courted him for a while and eventually was able to get him on the hook and then put a nice chunk of money in front of him, and he said yes. See, and, and that's just good business. Like, and I, I think that's the difference is Conrad is a businessman. He knows how certain clients work. Maybe with a, one type of a client, you shoot a text. Other clients, you pick up the phone. Other clients, you make sure you do your business face-to-face. You have to read the room. And for somebody like CM Punk, like you said, somebody like that needs to be courted, especially when you look at what's been going on with this world for so long. A lot of back and forth with CM Punk in the world of pro wrestling. Hey, we were talking to Pat McAfee about his career in football where he lost the passion and the love for football. Well, guess what? CM Punk lost the passion and love for football because of the way he was treated in the WWE. Whether you think that's right or wrong, that's not the issue. He lost his passion and love. Hey, Conrad's thinking, maybe put this guy in a, in a ballroom full of people that are going to be chanting his name and kind of praising him up and down. That's something. Plus, make some money. That's a way to get him back into the fold. And if, if you're a wrestling fan listening right now and you are going to be at StarCast and you b- will be attending the Punk um, autograph session or the meet and greet, I encourage you to cheer as loud as you can and chant this guy's name as, as loud as you can because I believe it is the wrestling fans that will lure CM Punk back into the wrestling business. If anybody's got a shot at doing it, it will be the fans. And I'm not talking about the fans 
tweeting him on social media because reading words on a screen lacks emotion and feel and passion when he's in that room when he's able to lock eyes with these fans and feel the energy of wow these people actually appreciate me and that word appreciation dave i don't think punk felt appreciated by the wwe yeah the fans in wwe liked him but there's a huge wall between performers and fans in the wwe i think when he gets up close and personal again with some fans there might be a chance to resurrect him from the you know the the wrestling hell that he's been in for quite some time and you know too bully look at the world that he just came from the world of the ufc those fans and the other fighters and everybody else, they did not embrace him. They looked at him as a wrestler trying to be an MMA fighter. And I'm sure coming from there and being rejected and being unsuccessful too. You give him an A-plus for trying, hey, no doubt about it. Great job at least going out there and trying. But it wasn't successful. It, he didn't get what he wanted to get, either in the octagon or from the fans. You always go home to really get that true love and respect. And I think that's what's going to happen with CM Punk on Saturday afternoon. And I hope Tony Khan, and I'm sure he is, I'm sure he is, and I'm sure they are, are paying attention. Because obviously, Conrad found a way, right? Mm -hmm. The communication was correct. Whatever words were used to lure him back in was correct. And obviously, the money was yep. right. So there is a way. And if if you had to pick one person in AEW right now who you said has basically been able to write their own ticket, who would it be? Jericho. Exactly. Do you think Punk could write his own ticket? Yes. In an instant. I think the deal would take five minutes to close because Tony Khan would say, what do you want? And Punk would say, here's what I want. And Khan would say, would say okay. Because... If you have CM Punk right now, that is a major, major shot fired. That's not a shot across the bow. That's a direct hit. Because now you're on national television with Chris Jericho, John Moxley, CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, and the Bucks. Cody and the Bucks are the guys that created this whole groundswell and who were able to lure these wrestling fans over. And now you have the megastars that these wrestling fans know and love and have accepted as one of their own. It's a perfect storm. Everything for AEW so far has been a perfect storm. Could you imagine if Punk is that last piece of lightning Ooh. they could catch in a bottle? Man, and it me. could happen by the response of the fans this weekend. It's amazing that we go down this CM Punk road time and time again, and it almost sounds foolish. And I have said it, I don't know how many times during the course of the last five years. Hey, if we don't see him this weekend, you're never going to see him. I say that time and time again. Well, guess what? This weekend, you will see him. Will it be enough to get him back involved? 
If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required friend of the show, and just an all-around awesome guy, the one and only Pat McAfee. Pat, how are you, man? Dave, every time I come on this show, you make me feel like such a better human than I actually am. I can't thank you enough. It's an honor to join you and Mr. Bully Ray once again. This is always a time in my life when I get to chat with the fine folks from Busted Open. Thank you so much for having me, man. You know, I, I just laughed out loud because we were talking about you coming on the show, Pat, and we've been putting you over all morning. And me and Dave just got a text from Mark Henry, and all it says is he's a punter. And I just want to take this <laughs> opportunity. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Mark Henry for telling me and Dave, two sports fanatics, that you are a punter. Yes, Mark, we know he's a punter. He's a damn good punter, and we're happy to have well, him. Well, <laughs> the reason he did that to defend Mark Henry, I said, kicker. oh, here we go. I said, here we kicker, go. And I should have said punter. Kicker, punter. He, he he kicks the ball. That's what he does. He kicks the ball. Hey, right. I am a I am a ball kicker. You know. That, that, there you go. He kicks what balls. I am. But if Mark. If Mark Henry says something, uh, I mean, that man carried me home through the streets of New York one night. I mean, it, whatever Mark says goes, so I completely appreciate his words as well. Well, it's national football here on Sirius XM. Huge weekend of college football starts tonight with the top-ranked Clemson opening their national title defense. And one week to go until the Bears and Packers kick off the NFL season. And we're celebrating all day on Sirius XM Sports. Of course, that's the liner that I have to say. But the one that I want to <laughs> say is that tonight... Thursday night on ESPN must watch because of this man, Pat McAfee. Pat, you got to be excited about tonight. Oh, I'm pumped up, man. And by the way, incredible reading of your liner there from SiriusXM. You sold it as if it was natural and not even being forced to say there, Dave. That's real professional stuff. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm pumped up for tonight. You know, my fans uh, and followers are the greatest humans on earth. Some people might question their intelligence, why they're a fan of mine, but they made a real movement on the internet for me to get the Monday night football job and trended it and everything like that. And now that I learned a little, learned a little bit more about the business, that was an unreasonable ask for somebody who's never been in the booth before to get tossed into Monday night football, especially what happened last year. But it got the attention of ESPN, and I've been given this opportunity to get on a microphone on Thursday nights with an old teammate of mine, Matt Hasselbeck. And when I say this, I mean this. I'm going in there as loose as a human could be, and I'm just going to try to have a, a great time in there. And we'll see what happens. The only, the only experience or learning that I've done when it comes to commentating is from the WWE. So there might be a little bit of a taste of that in there. I might have a good time. And hopefully when people watch a football game with me and Matt and Adam Amin, they enjoy it, they learn it, and hopefully they'll come back next week and say, hey, that was a different experience than I'm used to. I enjoy this damn game. Well, Pat, after seeing Jason Witten on Monday Night Football, I thought you had a really good chance. <laughs> I know, I did too, but I think him having no experience going in there and then 
you know, really kicking himself in the toe and pulling a rabbit out of his head uh, the entire year. Those are actual quotes from him. I think that might have... <laughs> I think that might have put a little bit of a damper on my opportunity since I hadn't been in a booth before. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that he's back in football because his entire legacy was almost ruined by the way he couldn't speak. But uh, I'm excited for this opportunity. I, I, I don't know what's going to come of it. I might get fired, but I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the ride for sure. Pat, you obviously do great under pressure. You're a phenomenal speaker. You're very entertaining. Which is more intimidating to you, what you're about to take on tonight or what you had to take on being on camera with WWE? I think the WWE stuff is a lot more intimidating, mostly because tonight I'm just reacting, right? Tonight I'm just reacting to what's happening. With the WWE and their loyal and rabid fan base, if you get any facts wrong about storylines or anything like that, you can really do damage to somebody's character or to the buildup of a match. Mm. So I think anytime I get on the camera on NXT, I always feel a little bit extra pressure strictly because I don't want to ruin all the hard work that people have put in week in and week out by saying something stupid and might ruin something. So I think that one I'm a little bit more cautious, a little bit nervous about. But this one tonight, I'm walking in there, I'm taking my vitamins, I'm walking into that booth, and I'm just reacting to the magic that's happening on the field. And uh, it's just, it, honestly, I haven't felt any nerves, any pressure at all. I just, I can't wait to get started and get in there. But with WWE, I always think twice about it. Is the world of uh, mainstream sports kind of taking a page from the WWE? You know, having somebody like yourself in the booth, trying to be a little bit more entertaining to the audience and just instead of like hardcore, you know, hardcore sports, X's and O's. It's so interesting that you asked that question um, because if you look, the WWE never gets credit for a lot of things, right? I mean, they're a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company that's global and They've done so much in the entertainment world. They're an empire that doesn't get nearly as much credit as they will probably in like 15, 20 years from the ro down the road when everybody looks back on it. But I went to the ESPN College Football Seminar where they were teaching all the analysts, directors, and producers, and they are like, hey, this is our goal for this year. This is what we're looking to do. This is this. And it was all stuff that I had learned already through watching and learning and Gorilla and then watching Michael Cole and Mauro Ronaldo work and Nigel and Best Phoenix now and watching them work and things that I've learned through the WWE, embrace the place, let the crowd be a character. Like I think the NFL and college football and sports in general are trying to take a page from the WWE where you're letting people be characters and you're letting things be characters. The crowd is a character in of itself. So once they get going, lay out, let them go. That's classic WWE. As soon as a chant starts now, unless it, is of a competitor, a next wrestler, or something vulgar, normally you'll hear those announcers just lay off and let the crowd do the voice uh, and let the crowd speak for everybody. So there's a lot of things I think a lot of people in the entertainment world are attempting to dive into the WWE world. If you look at morning sports shows, it's just promo after promo after promo of people just spinning a bunch of nonsense and bullshit. And that's for all from the WWE thought line of thinking is let's cut promos, see what sticks, and then see if the internet can take off with it. And I think Vince McMahon was way ahead of the game before anybody else. Pat, with your speaking ability and how entertaining you are, do you think you could have hacked it in the ring? Man, I wish. I I'm still not rolling it out, Bully Ray. I'm still – I don't know if I'm anywhere near tough enough, which I'm not. I don't think I, I – not I don't think. I know I couldn't be a full-time guy, especially after watching those humans 
and I just get to drop in in the WWE Universe world. Just once a month, I drop in for the pay-per-views and for the takeovers and just kind of get the state of backstage and how everybody's doing. And I have a couple good friends in there that travel every week, four or five times a week, and I know I can never do that. But at some point in my life, I'm going to make sure I get into a, a run or an angle with somebody somewhere. And uh, I got a chance to train with Rip Rogers a little bit in my barn. He's from very near uh, to where I live. I got my ass kicked, took a few bumps, some chops. I had bruised boobs for a couple of weeks. And it's uh, I absolutely loved it. I'm not tough enough to do a full run. But I think I could get a good storyline going, a good angle. And it would be incredible to get on a microphone in front of a group of humans and be able to really cut a promo on somebody or something. So let me ask you this. Gun to your head. You had to pick somebody to be in the ring with. To this coming Monday night, Pat McAvee versus who? Who are you standing across the ring from? Just like for now, this is an interesting question. Is it forever or is it like right now if it was to happen? In the moment, right now. Adam Cole. Bay Bay uh, fact. I mean, he is a human that anytime we get in the same room together and there's a microphone, it is electric. I mean, he uh, despises everything about me. I enjoy that. Uh, we have a good chemistry, a good rapport, and his work in the ring is incredible. I think he'd be able to carry me through uh, a hell of a match. So I think Adam Cole is a guy that I would – I would like to see, and uh, I, I think that is something that is potentially in the making in years to come, hopefully. I don't know. We got a, we got a lot of history together, but that is – I would have never said this a couple of years ago. I would have said some big-name, uh, old-school wrestler, bring him out of retirement. Uh, but for me, I think Adam Cole is, A, the most entertaining human on a mic when he gets on a mic, and he's incredible at telling the story. I like Adam Cole a lot. You know, Pat, I can, I can see the story. What do you think about this, Bully? He goes to Dr. Britt Baker to get his teeth fixed, you know, Adam Cole's uh-huh. girlfriend. He, she screws up, chips the, the front tooth of Pat McAfee, and he has that feud with Adam Cole to get his revenge. I think that would be the perfect storyline for a match between those two. I like that. Or maybe just as Dr. Britt Baker is putting her fingers in Pat's mouth, Adam Cole walks in at an inopportune time and he goes, Hey, what's going on here? And there's Ooh. this vicious, there's a, a love triangle between Adam Britt and Pat. Can I, I add like just it. a little, little yeah, spice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just add a little spice. She puts his fingers in his mouth and it moves. And, and Adam Cole walks into the room as it's moving. Wait a minute. It's moving for you or Pat? For Pat. Oh, okay. It may be moving for me too, <laughs> but it's definitely moving for Pat. Hey. I like a good Paul Heyman angle. <laughs> Pat, we just, we just we just booked you in a main event angle for the next six months. <laughs> hey, bully! I watch, and I think you're almost you're at the point where I watch your Twitter, and you do like predictive, creative what you would do, and then I watch what actually happens, and I'm always like, man, bully should be doing that. I think what you guys create here. The storylines not only on the show but on Twitter and social media. I'm I'm genuinely intrigued by the way your guys' brain operates. And if listen, I got to get my my mouth fingered by a dentist there to start something. I mean, you guys just sent me the direction. 
and I'll get going, boys. Uh, I appreciate the compliment, and just hearing you say getting my mouth fingered was tremendous. <laughs> I guess that's first base. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, Pat. Oh, by the way, Mark Henry is getting mad as we speak. Why, goes, Why is Mark getting mad? Uh, Mark texted me again. He goes, it's not the same shit. He's a fucking punter. Well, he's right, though. Mark, Mark but he, Henry but he is kicks right. the ball. He's a kicker. No, he, no. Know. There's a there is a difference oh, between a God. kicker who kicks field goals and what Pat did and was a master of a pro bowler of, and that's punting the ball. It was my mistake. I'm sorry, but Mark Henry's a hundred percent correct in what he's saying. That a boy, Dave. You know the football, and Mark is a hundred percent correct, but. Uh, I appreciate Mark Henry's football knowledge, by the way. He and I have got a chance to chat about the football there for a while. That guy's got a good brain for football. I wish he would uh, venture out into that world a little bit as well. Yeah, he would be really good at that. Maybe something with the XFL. I think he'd be perfect for that. Oh. Pat, I, Pat, I just want to get your, your, your take on this. Me and Dave uh, have t- talked about it earlier in the week. I was disgusted by the response of the fans in Indianapolis when it came to Andrew Luck. I, I'm sure you feel similar, but yeah. can you give us a little bit of breakdown on that whole situation? Yeah, and I would think if if you're looking from a national point of view, it looked bad. I mean, it made our city look terrible, hindsight, and our fans look bad. But if you can just get into their brains a little bit, the drunk humans that were still around in the fourth quarter of a preseason game in a stadium, you got to think about the type of fan that is still in the stadium after a preseason game ends, probably intoxicated, probably a diehard Colts fan, lives and dies with the team. And two years ago, the organization told its fan base, Andrew Luck is hurt, but he'll be back for the regular season. He'll be back for the regular season. Buy your tickets now. Andrew Luck will be healthy for the regular season. Then he didn't play for the entire year, okay? So now, last year... The Colts are successful. Chris Ballard's building up an incredible team around Andrew Luck. This is going to be the year where the Colts get back to that greatness that we had years ago when we were the winningest team in NFL history, winningest decade in NFL history. And then, boom, all of a sudden, these fans are told for all these months, since March almost, April, that Andrew Luck will be back by week one. Even though he's not practicing, he'll be back by week one, back by week one. And then all of a sudden a tweet from Adam Schefter in the middle of a game informs them that Andrew Luck will not be back. He'll actually be retiring. So even though it was an incredibly regrettable reaction by a lot of drunk humans that were still at a preseason game in fourth quarter, if you see where they're coming from, their entire life was just taken from them, which is a shame, which is disgusting. It is regrettable, but it was a raw emotional moment that got the best of them. And I hope that the Colts in the city will do something to make sure Andrew Luck knows that everybody's very thankful for what he's done. But this is two times in three years that these diehard Colts fans thought Andrew Luck, who's a once-in-a-generation football player, was coming back and their team was going to be good again, only to find out two weeks before the season starts that he'll actually never come back. And uh, it was a regrettable reaction, but I think it was just an emotional, over-emotional mm. one that they definitely regret. Wow, great take by Pat. Awesome. And, Pat, it, it, you know, again, you probably don't want a quarterback on the field that's kind of lost his passion for the game. I guess you could say that in any field, Bully. Like, once you lose that passion and all the rehab that Andrew Luck has had to go through throughout his career, all the injuries, 
if you lose your passion, you probably don't want somebody like that on the field. Well, so for me, it even happened, right? So as I got towards the end of my career, I didn't get along with the GM. Uh, I didn't, there was a, I was I had three surgeries in four years. So there's a lot of rehab, but to be in the NFL, they, they always say it's a privilege, not a right to be in the NFL. And if you want to be great in the NFL, you have to completely commit. And I would tweet every once in a while, but my life revolved around kicking balls well. I knew it was good for the team. It was good for me. It was good for my family if I kicked balls well. But you have to be very committed. And I just got to the point where I was sick of committing my emotion, my time, my body to kicking a ball on fourth downs if the offense failed. And I would rather redirect that focus onto something else. And I, I kind of heard that a little bit in Luck's answer where he was like, I'm not going to be fully committed to this and the NFL deserves it. And that's 100% right. Like the NFL as a league, its players, the um, quality that it expects, it demands your full attention. And if you don't want to do that or you can't do that, it's probably the right move to get out, just like you said, in any profession. If you can't commit, you might as well get out of there. And I think that is kind of what he thought. It's what I thought. And uh, it's probably a similar case around a lot of professions. When you look at what you're going to be doing tonight, and you've done this, I mean, listen, we talk about Cody Rhodes a lot on this show, about how he bet on himself. He left the machine that is the WWE bet on himself, and now he's having tremendous success. You've kind of done that, too. Like, I hope that a moment tonight you take a step and you take a, a, you know, just take a breath and enjoy what you've been able to accomplish with your career, especially a big step like what you're going to be doing tonight on Thursday Night Football. That means a lot. Man. It's it's one of those things where my mom has been telling me that, you know, because I'm about to have a daily show. I'm about to be simulcasted on NAP. I'm about to do Thursday Night Football. I get a chance to be on ESPN once a week. Who knows? The WWE is still uh, – doing a lot of things with me. So there's so much happening and I, I'm kind of caught up in this whirlwind and it almost happens in any profession. It happened to me when I was in the NFL. I mean, I kicked off a Super Bowl, and I didn't even realize how awesome the moment was until a few years later. So with this particular profession, I'm trying to smell the roses a little bit more. I'm trying to uh, kind of be excited about where I'm at and where I've been and the process that it took to get here. But as soon as you start doing that, I think we can all agree you might lose your edge, you know. So um, my mom wants me to sit back and relax and enjoy all this, and I'll definitely look around and say, damn, this is awesome. Uh, but I'm only hopefully just starting. I mean, I have no idea where I'm headed. There's no blueprint for my type of human, I don't think. And I'm just going to enjoy the hell out of the ride, hopefully take those moments to really feel the fulfillment of all everything uh, and then see where the hell I end up, Dave. Pat, there's no doubt that you're one of the guys that seem to have the most fun on the football field. And you can hear in your voice that you're having fun now how does this uh time in your life compared to you know the fun you had on the field are you actually having a little bit more fun now because your career seems to be so diverse i think when i was in the nfl there was so much time where i had all these thoughts of things i wanted to do i was like man i want to do this uh, i want to go do a stand-up show i want to do a daily show i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this and all those thoughts and opinions and ideas were just kind of getting trapped in my brain, right? I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go execute on any of them. 
So I always thought, I was like, man, whenever I'm done with football and this isn't my full focus, I can't wait to go ahead and attack every dream that I want to accomplish, everything I want to go try and see how it goes. And what I've learned is whenever you're waking up to work for yourself and with your best friends literally since high school, which is what I get a chance to do now, you really wake up with this this rigor to kind of go make things happen. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I just Every, now, granted, I'm much more busy than I've ever been in my entire life. My days are much longer than I could have ever imagined. Obviously, it's more work than being a punter. I mean, that's literally the least amount of work probably on earth. But it just, it's gotten to the point now where I wake up with this zest to hopefully go accomplish more and more. And uh, I am enjoying the hell out of it fully. I am, I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, you can hear Pat McAfee tonight, UCLA versus Cincinnati Thursday Night Football, and then starting September 9th, the Pat McAfee show that you can hear a part of the Westwood One family. And, man, Pat, you're awesome, dude. You deserve all the success that you're having. Good luck, man. Here's a guy, Bully, that definitely doesn't suffer from lack of funza, and that's the great Pat McAfee. See, and there it is. There it is. He's hitting. He's hitting you up for something right now. I'm Pat. not hitting him up for anything. He, he's putting you over. He's sucking up to you no. in hopes that you're going to no. give him like a free Pat McAfee shirt no. or something free no. from Pat McAfee. No, I'm just. This saying, is what he no. does. No, I'm just. I'm just stating the facts, bully. Just stating the facts. Hey, Dave. I got a tons of funza, and if you want some merch, I can send you a shirt immediately for that incredible studio you have in New York. And uh, Clash of Champions got a watch along coming up. Uh, can't wait for that. Excited to still have my toes in the, the wrestling world. And every time you guys let me on air, I'm so thankful. So thanks for having me. I'm going to try not to say uh, fuck on the air tonight. And let's go ahead and keep it moving. You know, you know, Pat, it's, it's, it's interesting because we have a tons of fun to, on the show. Also, his name is Tommy Dreamer. Wow. <laughs> that's hey, a he didn't one. deserve that, man. He did not deserve that. Actually, sure, he did. That sounds like a good show. Ton of funza and lack of funza. Maybe we can do that somewhere down the road, Pat. Pat, thank you so much for the time, my friend. Hey, thank you, guys. Cheers. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156, or on demand with the SiriusXM app. How about this little report? Speaking of AEW and NXT, we've been talking a lot about those two brands over the last couple of months. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reports that WWE has been in contact with Enzo and Kaz about a potential return to the company. The WWE reportedly wants to bring Enzo and Kaz back to NXT to be top stars on the brand. And it's at this point, it's unknown if Enzo and Kaz has accepted a deal. But according to Dave Meltzer, the WWE has reached out. Why wouldn't they? Kaz has gotten his life together. He's straight as an arrow. He looks phenomenal. Enzo's gold on the microphone. They've been establishing themselves all over again, working on a lot of independence. Kaz has worked with Moxley. Enzo might be having a match soon, and they are by far the most over in-house creation NXT has ever had. These guys are extremely entertaining, and if you want somebody that's going to be... I compare Enzo to Kaz to Road Dogg and Billy or DX back in the day. That's the edginess that these guys have. 
And if you're going to go to war with a company like AEW who may take shots at you, Enzo and Kaz, especially Enzo, is the perfect act to take shots back at AEW. And I will say this, if there's any other wrestling company out there who in the past six months who had the opportunity to use Enzo and Kaz and let that opportunity fall through their fingertips, they're ignorant, they're foolish, plain out freaking stupid. And you would also say probably Enzo and Kaz's heyday was the time with NXT, correct? I mean, they, they were over huge when they moved to the main roster. You've said it. Like, you don't ever remember somebody debuting on a Monday Night Raw and getting that type of reaction like Enzo and Kaz did. Everybody in that arena knew the taglines, followed it to a T. I mean, for them to go back to NXT, that would be huge. And I'm sure Enzo and Kaz have something to prove to the WWE as well. I think both of them have been victims of uh, the negativity on social media. Listen, Kaz had a, re- a, a very real problem. The guy had a, a bit of an addiction. He was suffering from depression and anxiety. I can't understand why the wrestling world would ever, you know, be mean or hurtful to Kaz. Okay, okay so he might have made a mistake in the ring and got let go because of that mistake, but that could happen to any wrestler. Yeah. And I guess Kaz had a bit of the residual heat on Enzo, and there was a situation with Enzo that happened. But Dave, at the end of the day, Enzo wasn't proved that he did anything wrong or he didn't go to court and everything was dropped, correct? I think, I think the part with Enzo is that he didn't communicate what was happening to the executives with the WWE. Dave, I, I, I can tell you for a fact that's what happened because at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the day Enzo got fired from the WWE mm-hmm. was the day of Raw reunion, was the 25th anniversary of Raw. So I was standing in the ring with Enzo. Enzo was going through a table that night. Wow. And then all of a sudden, somebody came to the ringside and said, hey, Enzo, Vince wants to see you. And once that happens, you know you, you know what's going on. So, like, I, to be right there, to see that mo- moment happen right in front of my face and then see the timeline of events that have taken place in these two guys' career. And you're right. It was Enzo's lack of communication. Because I guarantee you, knowing the man that Vince is and the way the WWE is, if Enzo would have communicated, they would have probably tried to help him. But because he tried to do it on his own and the public perception that was created about him was so poor and negative, that's why Vince had to cut ties with him. It's just business. But these guys have bounced back from all of that. Enzo and Kaz were so freaking over. I've never seen a homegrown WWE act as over as them. And their first night in the WWE was as reminiscent of Jericho's first night in the WWE as far as being as over as they were. But Jericho was a household name already at that time. Yeah, and and, so, and some people call that the greatest debut of all time. So that's in, in, in really good company. Plus, I've had the opportunity to speak to Enzo and, and Kaz. And the conversation I had with Kaz, and this is when he was still with the WWE, man, you talk about a guy who had a passion and love for pro wrestling like they sometimes get labeled with that sports entertainment you know and sometimes that's those are curse words when it comes to true hardcore wrestling fans hell i'm one of them but but kaz 
was a wrestling fan, loved and was passionate about pro wrestling. He, I think he deserves to get another opportunity in the WWE ring. Not only that, but, but Kaz is a Johnny Rods guy. And anybody that knows wrestling or wrestling schools know that Johnny Rods has trained some of the best guys out there. Taz, Dreamer, Devon, just to name a few. And Kaz had the respect and the passion of the wrestling business that a kid who was a wrestling fan had and a guy that went to a wrestling school like Johnny Rods would have. I understand on the surface all of the negative kickback on Enzo and Kaz, but this is very much one of those situations where you have to look beneath the iceberg to realize that these guys, you you might not like them as people, I'll I'll be okay with that. If you tell me I don't like Enzo for a certain reason as a person or I don't like Kaz for a certain reason as a person, whatever. This is business. And in this business, if you're over, you're over. And Enzo and Kaz are not over. They were over to the moon. And you bring those guys back to NXT and you take the handcuffs off a little bit. If If I'm a viewer, I'm tuning in. And Enzo's the kind of guy who has that Howard Stern uh, appeal. Mm-hmm. Remember back in the day, people that liked Howard Stern would listen to him for like 15 minutes. Yep. But people that didn't like Howard Stern would listen to him for two and a half hours yep. just to hear what he had to say. Enzo's one of those guys, Dave. Would you agree or yeah, not? Yeah, I would. I would agree. And let's go to the nation quickly because Chucky wants to talk about Enzo and Kaz. What's up, Chuck? Hey, what's going on, guys? Boy, big fan, Dave. Great show. Thanks, bro. Um, yeah, like, yeah. When I when I first heard this news, like I said, I mean, not comparing an Enzo and Kaz at all to like an Undertaker type thing, but when they get on the microphone, you don't need to put titles on them. You could put them in any type of feud with any single person, and Enzo is just going to put that person over or put someone else over. So, again, I think getting them back to the WWE, whether it be NXT, whether it be Raw for the battle ratings, is going to be, you know, is going to be really, really good from from that standpoint. So, like I said, I would love to see this move. Um, I think it would be a great move, again. And uh, I think Conrad kind of hit it on the head a little bit earlier in the show that if if they do go to NXT, based on just the content and everything right now, is – I think it's going to be everyone's going to be watching Wednesday night, and I think Monday and Tuesday might be uh, a little bit, you know, taking a backseat there. But love the show, guys. I'll hang up and let's do your response. Thanks for the call, Chucky. It's it's going to get people watching, Bully, without a doubt. People are going to tune in to either A, appreciate it, or watch the car crash. Either you're tuning in because you love them or you hate them. But either way, people are going to tune in. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. And somebody who's been able to tell some great stories, and I'm really looking forward to what's going to be happening with Military Makeover, and that's Lacey Evans, who joins us for the first time ever here on Busted Open. Lacey, how are you today? As classy as ever. How are you? Very, very well. I mean, you might call me one of the nasties, but I think I have a little class bully. What do you think? 
No, I agree with I Lacey. You're a nasty. Oh, come on. Yep, stop. I completely doubt it. <laughs> well, you hey, easy. This is the first time we're actually speaking, Lacey. I'm sure it won't be the last, and I'm sure you still will be a nasty. But thank you for having me, gentlemen. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for coming on. And first, let's start what's going to be happening with Military Makeover. And I was reading up about this, and this is going to debut on the Lifetime Network on August 30th, this right. new, this season, which is season 19, which is unbelievable. But the story that you're going to be telling is unbelievable as well. And, and please talk about the show and tell us about the story that you're going to be involved in. So there's a Gold Star family who uh, this woman lost her spouse uh, in Afghanistan. He was an active duty service member in the United States Marine Corps. And as a veteran, I got to go and help. So not only did she lose her husband, but she also lost her home in uh, one of the hurricanes. So we got to go in and motivate all the veterans that actually take part in military makeover to fix this woman's house up for her and her daughter, who her daughter happens to be the same age as mine. So between the fact that it was a, you know, a fellow brother of mine in the service, um, I got to help her baby. And as a mother, that just means the world to me and help this family get, you know, one thing that they lost. One, I mean, you know, you lose so much in life and life's already hard. But the fact that we got to at least help half of her issue, not a half, but you know what I mean? Like we got to go in there and help her out and, and, you know, make her feel just a little bit better and, mm -hmm. and her daughter a little bit more comfortable in a time of loss. And so, you know, like I said, we went in there from the roof all the way to their backyard and the pool, and we got their whole house set up and ready for them to come in and see see what blessings they get and and know that, you know, they'll be all right. Lacey, you just told this story about how you're helping this family. You're a frickin' Marine. But yet on, say again? <laughs> exactly. But yet on TV, you play this despicable woman who we're supposed to hate. How am I supposed to hate you if you're doing all these good deeds? Well, first off, uh, do not call me despicable. I am the most classy, confident, and sophisticated lady to ever step foot in WWE. And second, you know, people hate me because they aren't me. Do you understand? They want to be a legitimate role model such as myself and that's that's not none of my business uh i piss people off because um they probably no matter how hard they try will never be half of the woman that i am from my military service to the fact that i'm a mother a wife of a man that i've been with since 15 years old i am the epitome of what every woman in this world should be and yet they're not and you know why because they're a bunch of nasty things that don't know how to conduct themselves with class so with that being said, and the fact that I have no um, uh, prior experience with sports entertainment, I could give two shits, excuse my French, because I, the prime example, I am what WWE needs. And that just makes people angry because you've got women like, like I said, women, Lynch, that stomps around and claiming she's the man. And Charlotte Flair, who daddy uh, changed her diaper and prepared her for the success. And then you've got Lacey Evans, who comes in and shows them that they will never be half the woman I am. And, and if that makes people upset, well, sweetheart, I don't know what to tell you. Because I will continue to set the prime example and show them what women should be. And it is not what you see on the roster right now, unless it's my music hitting and me coming out. Wow, she told you, Bully. Yes, uh, I, I sure did. <laughs> 
she 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 so put me in my place. <laughs> she really she really did. And again, I'm looking forward to military makeover. And again, that's hosted by Montel Williams, August 30th on Lifetime TV. And you can also go to www.militarymakeover.tv to find out all the details and to watch prior episodes. And and you you said about with the military being a former Marine, it is a brotherhood and a sisterhood. But it sounds like you don't have that same brotherhood and sisterhood when it comes to the world of the WWE. Well, you know, I, I try to fit in the best I can, but Lord, just look at to do whenever I'm surrounded by a bunch of nasty things who are lost in life and uh, feel intimidated by such a lady. So, you know, I come in, I do my job, I leave and I feed my baby and my husband like a lady should. Lacey, you did a good job um, in your your situation with Becky Lynch. I enjoyed the match at Extreme Rules. Going back and looking on your body of work from the past three or four months coming out of WrestleMania, how do you feel about it? What do you think you could have done better? Um, you know what? It's going to be time. I, it's it, time in this business and learning how to do what it is that it's expected of me with all this light. Um, however, one thing I do have got going for me is confidence, you know, at, it, no matter what the reviews are for any match that I have with anybody, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to continue to learn, and I'm one, and um, I'll be the first to tell you that uh, my in-ring work, my promo work, you name it, is, is not uh, somebody that's been doing this for 10-plus years. Um, I just now hit over three years in this business, and but like I said, I'm not going anywhere. I've got a lot to learn, but uh, I'm confident enough to tell you that I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to come back uh, week after week, month after month, year after year until – you know, I feel like I'm on top. And so, uh, but I'm not going to stop and I'm going to continue to do what I can to learn what I need to learn to be up there. No, that's a, that's a strong answer. So let me ask you this. Are you more confident on the microphone or with your physicality in the ring right now? Um, probably. I mean, honestly, both, because like I said, uh, I have the confidence to tell you what I need to learn and it's a package deal in my mind, you know, um, I am not used, I was a Marine. I was on a SWAT team. I was a military police officer. We don't get microphones and prance around and, and do anything that I do right now as a sports entertainer. So there is nothing that I can tell you I bring more to the table as an in-ring performer or on the microphone because I've never done stuff like this. So as a package deal overall, all across the board, I'm confident enough to do either. I will grab a microphone and I will get in the ring with anybody because I'm confident enough to do so. But I will also walk away from there and know when I need a lot, you know, a lot of time and grade and a lot to learn. And but that's what the live events are for every Friday when I catch a plane. And my goal is, whether it's a microphone or in ring, to learn as much as I can for the next time my music hits on live television. Um, so it's easy. Honestly, it's, it's even promos and in ring work. It's it's all the same. I'm I'm just as confident in both but have a long way to go in regards to the training and what I bring to the table when I do grab either a body or a microphone. You know, Lacey, uh, to start the interview, you called me a nasty. Right. Um, just so, just to clarify, what exactly is a nasty? Uh, pretty much anybody that is not me. <laughs> no, but uh, so the term nasty came from the Marine Corps. Uh, when I was in boot camp, uh, it's three months long of hell, and you walk in there thinking that you are – 
whatever you thought you were when you walk into boot camp, you leave the complete opposite. They prepare, they completely rip you down physically, mentally, and emotionally, and they build you up to be a confident United States Marine. Now, while you're in boot camp, you are called a nasty because, for an example, if you have a three mile run and you are anything but first place, even if you are in first place, you're nothing but a nasty because you could have done it better, you could have done it faster. If you get a a grade on a paper that you had to do while you were in the military and you were tired and you did the best you can, you nasty thing, you could have done better. In life, if you, you in the Marine Corps, you're always considered a nasty because there you can always give so much more of your. Um, so if you're a lazy person, if you're an unmotivated person, if you uh, procrastinate, if you don't give every bit of yourself as a mother, as a wife, as a husband, as a human being, no matter what job description you stand in, you're a nasty thing. So Lacey Evans is here to set the prime example and show the world what women are capable of because she is not a nasty. So until she motivates and picks up all these nasty people flips them, turns them around, teaches them how to conduct themselves like she does, um, you're just nothing but nasty. So I just took that term because it means a lot to me because while the average person thinks of nasty as dirty or whatnot, that's not always the case. A nasty person, it's the way that you conduct yourself, you carry yourself, it's your mindset. So there will be no more nasties in WWE, and I'm done with them because, like I said, I'm, I'm the role model and I'm the standard of what women and human beings should be, a motivator. Lacey, there have been so many people outside of the world of pro wrestling who have tried to make it in the world of pro wrestling. We've had football players. We've had MMA fighters. We've had baseball players. Now we have a Marine and yourself. Uh, Kurt Angle, uh, 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 an Olympic gold medalist, has gone on record to say, you know, pro wrestling is the hardest thing he's ever done in his life you know, between adapting to what pro wrestling is, life on the road, the schedule. How does being in the pro wrestling business compared to what you went through becoming a Marine? Um, you, it's it's two, different, two different things, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the, I'm, uh, the military and being a Marine has set me up to be and do what it is that I can do, considering I don't have any of the experience in as a sports entertainer, I didn't watch a product growing up. Um, I came from literally nothing uh, into this. Um, but you have to be ready at all times. Flight, you got to be at airports at 3 a.m. ready to hit the road. Um, I have a daughter on my hip. I've got my husband. I'm, I'm, she's in school. There's a lot of things to juggle, but, and it's a lot of it. It's intimidating, and it can it it can be a lot. So you have to have the drive, the dedication, the initiative to to meet these challenges and go forward and. So, um, but the military set me up for that aspect. It's a mindset. It's it's strong mind. But I've been through a lot of things in my life. Um, I lost my father to addiction, uh, depression. My got seven siblings. I've been juggling a lot of hard, hard things in my life. I've had early mornings, late nights, and um, not that WWE or sports entertainment isn't hard because it is, but it's nothing that I can't handle because I've been through hell, lots and lots of it, and. For the first time in my life, um, you know, my father's gone, but I can honestly sit back and say that I made it, that I'm okay because I don't have to wake up and, and put my gear on and go out and worry if I'm going to get shot at or take out a threat. Um, yes, the, the days are early, the mornings are early, and the flights are long, but, I, you know, I'm prepared for that because um, I am a strong, motivated woman who, who's been through 
been through a lot. And so, and not that this is a break, but man, it's an amazing, amazing adventure and time for me that I can sit back and, and really be blessed that I get this opportunity to be in. Uh, so, and the fact that I can have my family with me, it's just, it's, it's overall, but it is very difficult for a lot of people. It's, you definitely have to have a strong mindset. Lacey, uh, you said you lost your father to addiction and a lot of times with family that go through, um, addiction like that, it's hard to break that trend. Were you able to do that by going to the military? Is that what drew you to the military? It is. And actually I use the hashtag often and it's break the cycle because coming from seven siblings, um, a lot of them could not break it. And and when you grow up in a lifestyle like that, where you feel trapped, you feel like that's the only thing that you'll ever be able to become because that's all that you know. And that's what pisses me off because that is so far from the truth. Um, So when I was 19 years old and I'm looking around at these siblings and this father who who let depression and addiction beat them, it's beating them every day. It's not an overall uh, battle they lost. They wake up and they're they're losing. And I knew that um, I knew what I didn't want in my life because it was in front of me. I, my father's, my, my dad, my mom, my sibling, I knew what I didn't want, but I did not know what I wanted because that is all that I knew. So I had a choice and, the, and I felt I was enabling them because I loved them so much. And you feel like you have to save them because you're the sober one, because you're the motivated one. And, and, um, every day you can't, you cannot win a battle like that. People that are addicted and they have to want to get out of it in order to find what it is to pull them from that dark spot in their life. And no matter how much money I put or time I tried, um, it wasn't working. So I needed to make a decision and the military seemed like where I could find a good example. And so I'm sitting there, it's army, Navy, Marine Corps, like, where am I going to go? And the Marine Corps was the hardest option. It was the most challenging from what they were telling me. It's going to really, and I said, that's where I need to go. That's where I want to be. Um, I want to see what another, what motivators look like, what healthy, sober human beings that push themselves to the limits. And I signed the paper and I left at 19 years old. And that is the best decision I've ever made because that was the first time in my life that I saw grown men and women with sober eyes and chins that they held so high that I knew that that is who and what I wanted to do in my life. And then being a military police officer and, and setting that proper example for them babies and then people that need it and people that are going through hell and they make that phone call and I'm the one that shows up. That was even, that was a cherry on the cake for me. So, you know, the military saved me. It saved my mindset and it made me the mother that I am today to set that example, the example I didn't have for my baby. Wow, Lacey, that, that is an unbelievable story. Like, it's unbelievable. The fact that you had all that, you were carrying all that baggage on your back with your family chose the military, and then went for the most difficult decision, which was the Marines. It's an unbelievable story, and I I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you so much. And it really makes me, and and thank you. So I know that you're super busy. I know you're doing a lot of hits today, so I appreciate the time uh, calling in to bust it open today. Again, the show is Military Makeover. Go to www.militarymakeover.tv, August 30th on Lifetime. And, man, if you are not somebody who was a fan of Lacey Evans or appreciate what Lacey Evans can do in the ring, man, you sure do now after listening to this story. And Lacey was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you, guys for having me. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Knock him dead, kid. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.